This is Kurt. And this is Tracy. And this is the MFG Cast. Welcome to another board game edition of the MFG Cast. Holy cow, we're back! I know it's been a bit, hasn't it? Life has kind of gotten in the way. Nothing, nothing bad. Just, eh, just life, you know. So we're back for another board game edition. This time we're going to be focusing on women in the board game industry. But before we do that, let's talk about some stuff we've been playing recently, shall we? We shall. Yeah. Um, we've been doing a lot of online board gaming lately. It feels like. Not as much in-game stuff, more online stuff, I think. Yep. Yep. You raised your hand. What? Uh, <laughs> what I just you... thought of something else that we can mention in this little portion. So oh, cool. I, and, and then I put it down. Okay. I was <laughs> I like, put it down uh, really quickly. We're not in class. Like, you could talk. Because I was like, oh, I could mention that in a little bit. <laughs> I'm being a ding-dong. Anyway. Let's see. So, so Board Game Marina has been our little... Uh, Go to online yeah, I board think gaming. Of what word I wanted uh, to use. Yeah, playing. And so we've been playing board game arena with our buddy from Arizona, John. And Kurt's been playing some games with him, just the two of them. And the three of us had played also mm-hmm. at one point, but I think we've talked about those before. Yeah. But um, what have you been playing on there with John? Uh, let's see. Last time I played with him, we played Seven Wonders Architects. No, you didn't. Did we? No, I didn't. Ha! <laughs> wow. Terrible. I'm like, that was the last that time. That was the last time. Good Lord. That's that's how long it's been. Uh, we played La Granja and we played Tarji. It's nice to play those versions of the game online because they're just so easy to play. And so easy, they just you know everything. Well, there's no kinda, setup. Yeah, it does the thing for you. Um, I think at one point when we were playing Tarji, I think John had actually gotten screwed out of a thing, and I think it was a bug in the game. And of course, couldn't remember it, so <laughs> we didn't weren't able to uh, tell the creator of that game to do it. Which kind of reminds me, there was another bug in Lagranha where one of my cards was supposed to give me something every time I did. Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, I sent it to the guy. I need to go. I need to take a look if he sent a message back. But anyway, it's nice to be able to play those versions. And we have the copy of Lagranha here, and it's actually got a, a decent amount of a learning curve, especially if you haven't played it in a while. So me and you haven't played it for a bit. I like to get that back to the table because I kind of have it fresh in my head. So that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, I don't even remember that game. Yeah. Much. I don't remember much about the game. But we do have Tarji also, which we've talked about on previous episodes i mm-hmm, think for sure which we really like but that one that one takes a uh, not too much setup but a little bit of setup too and that one's nice to play quickly on board game arena for the setup aspect of it yeah also 
you and I have played, I think one weekend we sat and played probably five games of it. Yeah, which is awesome. Which I really like that game. Mm-hmm. I do too. What else have we played? You did talk about Seven Wonders Architects. Mm-hmm. Um, we did, after playing copious amounts of it at the um, MFG Con Stay Home not go to any con weekend. We played copious amounts of that with John. We ended up buying a physical copy of Seven Wonders Architects. So we had a way to play that in person together physically yeah. with a physical copy. Yeah, And I like the presence it, it has yeah. with all the wonders and stuff like that. It's super cool. Well, and honestly, the components are really cool because they have like little trays and storage for each of the different wonders, mm-hmm. which I thought was really awesome and not hard to kind of, when you open the game, to put them all together. So that was really cool. So the assembly, well, not the assembly, but to be able to set it up to get it to the table was really quick, mm-hmm. I thought, because everything was organized. So it wasn't all in, like, baggies or anything like that, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so we played that. We also played the game you researched and snagged called Mantis Falls. That's right. Yeah, that was fun. Um, that's all it's called, right? It doesn't have any more words It doesn't have any, uh, no, it doesn't have any, like... You know, after the fact, or colon, the death of a town, or whatever. Yeah, yeah nothing like that. That makes me think of that show that we used to watch called, um, what is that show? I don't know. With the triangle guy and the... Oh, uh, yeah, uh, that cartoon, what is that? Oh, I can't for the life of me think of it. Gravity Falls. Gravity Falls. Yeah, yeah. Because they they live in Mantis Falls, don't they? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so every time he talks about that game, I think of Gravity Falls. But um, Mantis Falls, where you, I think Kurt's talked about this maybe on a previous episode. Maybe not. Basically, the game can be played co-op or it can be played against other players. But you don't know because you don't know who is a witness and who is kind of the assassin mm-hmm. type character or there may not be anybody who is the assassin when you shuffle the cards and deal them out yep. so you're kind of moving through the town um on the road and kind of fighting together or against each other or trying to pretend that you're together and so that's interesting we played that you play with mike too yeah i played with mike too a yep. couple times actually we even played one of the one of the expansion modules. I, one of the best things I think about this game is that some of the events that you have can be seen and unseen oh, to yes. d- different players and stuff like that. So, like, one player could be like, oh, I know what this event is. And the other two, it's only a two to three player game. So, the you know, the other player or players might not be able to see those. So, you're kind of, you're trying to get through this town without dying because apparently something bad's happened in Mantis Falls and you're trying to escape before you're before you're um, uh, murdered or whatever, taken out or whatever. And I think they suggest, like, on your first play of this game that you play all the cards as seen. But we found when we did our first play of it that there was kind of, like, for me, there was a disadvantage because the first time we played, I was pegged as the assassin or the killer or whatever they call it. Mm -hmm. And so it was hard for me because I couldn't, 
if I wanted to manipulate Kurt in any way, I couldn't because if everything was seen, then I couldn't be like secretly being like, well, this card tells me to give you three, three wounds or something like that. So that was one thing that we felt like would have been more beneficial for a, an assassin type character would be to have the cards be played seen and unseen mm-hmm. versus everybody saw everybody's stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, it'll be interesting to get that one to the table again, just to see how it pans out. Mm-hmm. And of course I made it to the end and I didn't do anything to you because like you knew everything that was happening. Yeah. Along the yeah. way. I suppose you could have tried, but it, it's also it very seemed- tough. Well, it seemed obvious. Yeah. So. Well, and they have some cards that when you get to the end of the certain, they have the f- phases of like, what is it, day, sunset, night, or whatever, that kind of thing. Like, you know, the they had some cards towards the end of those rows that you'd get that really does some harm that could just put it all away for you and you could have gotten the win, but I don't know if you even got those during the game. No, so. I, don't, I don't think I did. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to have that hit the table again to see how it pans out. The one thing that I was thinking about, not on that anymore, but other things that we've played, Mm -hmm. when I raised my hand and then put it down really quickly, (laughs) was we had a game night with your family. Oh, yeah, that's right. And so I was just thinking about that. We introduced them to Six Nimit. Yeah, that was really fun. And um, by surprise, they loved that game. Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised that they love... Well, I'm not surprised that somebody liked the game Six Nimit, because we like Six Nimit in our house. But your family tended to pick up on it pretty fast, and mm-hmm. they actually enjoyed the game, which is nice. Um, I think it's because it was a card game. Yep. I think it, it, it kind of hits those notes of like traditional card games, but puts a spin on it. And I think that's why I wanted to introduce it to, wanted to, introduce it to them, because it was like, okay, well, maybe they'll actually like this because it kind of reminds them of certain things. It hit that, hit that sweet spot because it's a blend of like maybe a couple different types of card games yep so that was good like your dad even asked what is this game called again yeah so i knew that he liked it um we also had bought your sister um the expansion for wits and wagers like this big cylinder tube of a new mat that introduced like some more cards and um some other stuff to that game and so we played that that was a lot of fun it's always a lot of fun to play Wits and Wagers and Wits and Wagers, it's Vegas Baby. Mm-hmm. We played that. What else did we? Oh, and we played Egyptian Rat Slap. For those of you who are familiar with that game, it's just a card game that gets pretty violent. Yeah, it's a think of like Spoons the game, except for with yeah. you're just trying to get certain. Lots cards of screaming, like lots of slap, slapping, mm-hmm. lots of screaming, lots of slapping, lots of stabbing of the hands like because you're all trying to rush to slap hence the egyptian rat slap i don't know why it's called that yeah i don't don't even like that name um yeah but you're slapping to get cards from the center so that you end up with all of the decks of cards at the end of the game yeah but it's a lot of fun a lot of giggling we had a lot of giggling yeah yeah for sure so that was fun i think that's what we played yeah for sure we played a lot we did. Well, again, it's been like four weeks since we recorded. So yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, good yeah. to know that we got a little something in. Yeah. So, yeah. That was fun. 
Well, let's get to the topic at hand. Yes. Uh, I wanted to focus on women in the industry just because I feel like they don't get enough attention. And I had seen that uh, this lady on Twitter, uh, her name is, I'm sorry, I'll probably get your name wrong. I'm sorry, Tanya, but it's like Tanya Patum. Oh, gosh. I have it written here. I'm terrible with names, so I apologize. We're probably going to be going through a lot of names, and I will probably mess a lot of them up. So I apologize in advance. Are you? Wait, I have a question. Are you yes. apologizing? I am apologizing. Oh, yes, okay. wholeheartedly. Okay. Her name is Tanya Popunda. Popuda. <laughs> I can't talk. I hate it. I'm sorry. Let me see it. Tanya Popuda. I think that's how you say it. Oh, I didn't know where you... Right down the bottom there. Anyway, um, she did a a study, and she did it between the, yes, uh, between the U.S. and Canada, and just a little over 92% of board game designers are white males. Now, what that tells me is that we need to do better because you know we need more women in board gaming. We need more people of color and board gaming, you know, that kind of thing. And so I thought it would be kind of fun to focus on some of the games that we have that are designed and um, drawn, or the artists in the games are women, with the caveat that going into the study of trying to pull out these names and stuff like that, um, some of the people through the, like, their BGG accounts and stuff like that were not, were not, be able, were not able to tell if... Every single person goes by she, her. So we apologize if the pronouns are wrong there. We did kind of did the best we could to try to find out that. So, you know, it might be, a, there might be some times when we're talking here, we're going to say they just to kind of stay in within that. Try not to offend anybody if we're being honest, trying to do the best we can there. Yep. So, so let's talk about some games that we have that we really like that uh, some women in the industry have worked on. Uh, Why don't you go first? So I guess the first ones that I would pull out, I'm going to actually, they aren't related, but they're in the same type of category of Roland rights. And we have Anne Patsky or Potsky, who is the artist um, for Bricks, which is a Roland right. Um, it's more of a Tetris-like looking roll and write that I enjoy playing as a solo uh, play, but also you can introduce it for more people. Mm-hmm. And that one is like a cool retro Tetris-like game. Yeah. So Anne it was the artist for that. And then there's also Inca Brand. I'm assuming that she's the designer. Is that correct? Oh, okay. Yes. And that is for both Encore and for Bravo, which we own both of those. And those are both roll and write games also, as you can see a trend here for me. Those can also be played as solo games. And they're very similar, but they have just a little bit of a different spin to each of them with um, how you're dice rolling and filling up your pad of paper and how you're going to make different choices. But they're also... Not only solo play games, but they're also, um, you can also introduce multiple people to those with, I think they're, they have hearts and X's and different types of things that they introduce in there. I love Ann Patsky's or Potsky's take on the bricks 
game because I like the art of like looking like an old Tetris machine, like like an arcade game that you'd see yeah. in an arcade. And I like, you know, how every you know how the whole cabinet is set up for you know the roll and write and stuff like that. And there's stuff underneath or whatever, but. I like how it it really like it makes you feel like even though you're doing a roll and right, it almost feels like you're doing an arcade game too at the same time. Well, and then you have like you're not able to place, so then you have bombs, and you like I mean, if you place them in the right spot, you get extra points. Like, granted that that kind of pushes to the designer, but or the creator of the game, but at the same time they have to work really hand in hand with the artist Mm -hmm. to make everything kind of jive and work together. So I think she did a really good job on that. Yeah, definitely. And I always think it's so interesting when, when they have these games, like it it feels like with like Bravo and bricks and stuff like that, it almost all kind of feels very Tetrisy like, even though it's like not, you know, Bravo and what's the other game? Encore. Encore are not technically, like a more of a Tetris game like bricks, but it's like it's got like all the colors that go in certain directions and you're you're rolling these dice and you're trying to, you know, get them, you know, get as many as you can to fill up those spaces so you don't have any empty spaces and stuff like that. And I just think it's amazing that people have that mental awareness to be like, okay, well we need to have this whole grid be a whatever, a fifteen by 36 grid or something like that yeah yeah and then like this many colors have to be in this color and this many colors have to well be in this because color. they're not just grouped like we're gonna put 10 here and then 10 below it's like one here six there you know there was obviously strategy behind manipulating that board to be able to make it work for how they were gonna lay them out and plan it and yeah, you know, do all those kinds of things, and then adding powers in there based on you know how people are gonna roll and like. Now I want to go play that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that they do that power thing too because otherwise it would just be kind of. It would be a lot harder for sure to be able to get these you know certain things rolled out. You know, if you don't have these other powers that kind of help you manipulate and kind of almost break it, but not break it. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's it's really cool. One of the one of the artists I'd like to talk about is someone that we've actually had on the podcast quite a bit, actually. Um, one of the friends, well, one of our friends of the show, Carla Cop. Um, I think she has done a, uh, she has done quite a bit with her company now. It's grown from when she first started out having this small, and I can't remember if it was like sixteen or eighteen card super hack override. Oh, that, yes. That uh, I think that really caught us because we it was one of those things where she had just kind of I think gotten a hold of us and was like you know can you try this out and we're like yeah we'd love to, and you know I was kind of blown away by this small card game I was like wow this actually packs a lot more punch than I thought it would and now she's done a lot of other things and she's actually gotten some uh, designers to work for her company but she's also designed a lot of fun stuff herself like I love Super Hack Override I'm. A huge fan of Stellar Leap. Um, she just uh, way too many cats. Yep, she just did way too many cats. That Kickstarter has already completed, and she's working on getting that game together. Um, but then she's also had involvement with her with her company and her business, doing promoting. Um, she does like 
oodles and oodles of promotions for her company. So she'll, she promoted Tumbletown. She did... Uh, Gift of Tulips. Gift of Tulips. Yeah. I knew it had the word tulips in it, and I couldn't think of it. We funded that, and I, like, for the life of me, couldn't think of it. <laughs> uh, Big Easy Busking. Fire in the Library. Yep. Bunch just, of different games. Just, like, it, oodles of stuff. Yeah. And she's, like, constantly promoting anybody who she um, is supporting with their... Her Weird Draft games on her, um, on, I don't know what I'm saying there. Yeah. She she does, like, a lot of, like, video stuff. She does a lot of blogging. Um, I want to backpack on top of what you said before, like, Gift of Tulips. There's another female artist, Sarah Perry. She did that game. That's a great game. It's yes. um, getting fulfilled, and hopefully we'll see it actually fairly soon, hopefully. Yep. Um, we had the pleasure of talking with her. Yep. Her brain is exploding with ideas also, yep. which just amazes me. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yes. In summary on that one, she does amazing work. Yeah, definitely. And her, I think, to be inside of her head would be maybe frightening, but no offense, Carla. Um, <laughs> just because I think there's just so many ideas Yeah, in sure. there. There's a lot. Like, it probably would make me tired. <laughs> Uh, if we go on the artist track again, another one that we will talk about is Beth Sobel. Oh, yeah. Her name is all over the place. Everywhere. She As does. an artist is what her focus is. Yep. I think it's her only thing. Uh, as far as I know, yeah. Which is okay. Yeah. She's done art, art for, is it Calico? Did she do the art for Calico? Calico, Cascadia, Between Two Castles. Herbaceous. Herbaceous. Did she do uh, um, World's Fair? 1892. Did she do Arboretum? Arboretum. <laughs> yeah, so it's many. like I was gonna say it's endless. Yeah, my my love for her art has no end. It she is just so amazing in everything she does for the board game community. As far as her art goes, like I know for a fact too, she's even like kind of like done just because i can't think of a lack of a better term pro bono art for other people who can't afford artists and stuff like that which i think is very sweet and awesome yeah so i mean and obviously we've missed games and things she's done art for but those are that's just a little taste of what she's done just go on bgg you'll see like there's hundreds which which it's insane because just the the few that we've listed are not even all the same because I feel like some artists may, may lean towards the same type of art. Like they might do florals or, you know, they may do fantasy art or, you know, something like that because that's what they are experts in. But I feel like her art, you know, yes, herbaceous and arboretum and stuff like that, but then she's she's adding in cats and she's adding in what else did you say for games that she's done like just the different avenues of oh nope i can't think of it but different avenues of like topics yeah that she's kind of done is is like all over the board another designer that i am really uh excited about is uh now, again, another name I'm going to ruin. I'm so sorry. But uh, Michaela Min Stakova, as I'm guessing her name, uh, you would know her 
more as her nickname Min from Min and Elwyn from the Lost Ruins of Arnak. Like the that game itself is just She designed that? She helped design it with, with Elwyn, yeah. Oh. Wow. And just just amazing how how detailed this game is and how, you know, with how many spots on the board and how many cards and the tracks that you're going up and stuff like that. There's just there's just so much there that I'm really, you know, I'm really in awe of people that can take something and this is almost kind of like a if you were to take a Indiana Jones or something like that and make it into a board game like it just has a lot of good uh specific specificity that's a, a word I don't know why I decided to use that but a lot of specific things in the game that are just so well thought out and so meticulous that it's a game that is is um, the more you play it, the more you're like, wow, this game has a lot more detail and a lot more crunch to it than I would expect. So it's cool to kind of play that game and be like, wow, this it's cool to see, you know, all these artists that have these great minds to be able to make stuff like this, and the fact that Min is able to do that is pretty pretty exciting. Yeah. So um, I'm I would be. I'm going to be excited to see what I'm guessing if, you know, Min and Elwin are a combo, I would love to see what they do in the future. You know, if it's not just this game, if it's something else too. So yeah, that's who I wanted to kind of focus on. So what's another, what's another woman in the industry that you are excited about? I would like to talk about Catherine Stipple. Nice. She is the designer of Nyctophobia mm -hmm. and all of its like games. So Nyctophobia Vampires, Nyctophobia, there's a, a just the regular regular Nyctophobia. Yeah, I think it's I think it's Nyctophobia like an Nyctophobia Vampire yeah. edition. Yeah. And um I think this is really cool because she's fairly young mm -hmm. i don't know her age but she's fairly young and her the premise behind designing this game was um for her uncle who's blind yeah and ha being able to create something for him to experience um much like others being able to experience i believe the gameplay and being able to play board games and things like that which also offers up for for gamers to be able to experience what he goes through. Yeah. And you know what it's like to be blind and kind of going through the unknown of the game board and yeah. stuff like that. But I think the concept is very, very cool. I think that there was a lot of thought that was put into this game. And yeah, yeah. I think that she should be recognized and it will be exciting to see what else she comes out with. If she comes out with anything else, I do actually. She she let me say more with that because I think she actually has her name on something else, and that would be Adventure Tactics, a side quest guidebook that comes out this year. Oh, gotcha. She's on there along with Carla Cop. 
Yeah, because Adventure Tactics is a, a fun game that we were we were. Told well, this about. is a guidebook, though. It says. Yeah, yeah, it's a guidebook yep. to the yeah yeah to the game. Yeah, so, but yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of awesome designers which we won't talk about because they aren't women. But Carla and Catherine are both on listed on that as designers. Nice, that's um, awesome. And there's some graphic. Uh, there it looks like there's a female graphic designer, Anna Bariza. Who's on there also? Nice, that's awesome. I just happened to see that on BGG as I was that's talking. That's very cool. Um, I want to go back to Catherine Stipple and Nyctophobia. I like the fact that yes. I'll know, let you. Thank you that you're able to, you know, use your other senses like your touch and you know, I suppose sound has something to do with it too because they're, you know, the other player or whoever is leading as the as the bad guy in the situation or whatever. You kind of telling you know if there's a situation where the bad guy's around or like there's stuff around like oh this is a wall and this is a tree and stuff like that like i love that it 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 makes you think about those other things other than just oh i'm just here and i'm seeing this game and i'm playing it it, it kind of hits a lot of different other areas that you would normally get in other board games so i love that yep it's hitting more of your senses the senses that you maybe take advantage of mm-hmm. that you don't necessarily think about highlighting or using when when you can see. Yeah, exactly. That her uncle would have to utilize all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for so. sure. Um, another designer that I'd like to highlight too that we've actually had on the show ourselves too is Erica Buyeras. Um, she's done lots of games. Uh, she's done the... Um, she did Bosk. She did Bosk. Yep, that's the one I was going to really reference because that's one of the games that we have that we've played that we've really enjoyed of hers. Did she? Did you say she did the, what did she do for it? She designed it. Oh, nice. Yeah, she helped design. Yeah, I love that game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that game was like, it, it was a game that we've played something similar to that, and I won't reference the game, but. I was going to say I like it much more. Yeah, we, we. This Bosk is the game that we wanted when we played that other one. Yeah. So it was nice to play that game and be like, oh, wow, this is actually really um, a great game. And but yeah, that's the game that, you know, we were really excited about playing because I think we won that from Floodgate, didn't we? Yes. Yeah. I mean, eventually we thought we were going to we were going to get a hold of it, but we got it for free from Floodgate. So it I was think cool they, yeah, play. I think they had a giveaway or something. Yeah. So she's made a couple of other games, uh, Roar Kingdom of the Pride, Kodama 3D, which we haven't played yet, and I'd really like to play that, actually. Uh, Scott Pilgrim Miniatures of the World, that's when, when she was on, she we were talking about oh. that game. Yep. Uh, she's also done Ink Monsters, Ghostbusters the Card Game, um, Steven Universe Beach of Palooza Card Battling Game, that's another game she talked about when we were on with her, but very nice person. It was cool to have her on the podcast to talk to her about Stuff that she's worked on. Um, she's a uh, really bit, big advocate for the industry, too, because I'm pretty sure she's on the podcast Maple Syrup. But, yeah, I just – she's one of those people that when you talk to her, you know she loves games. You know she likes to be more involved in the community and stuff like that. So it's nice to have her on and, and um, talk to her about certain things that she loves about the industry. So that's how I wanted to focus on her. Nice. Another one I'll grab out of our bag of tricks or or our list. Again, not everybody will will grab from this list because we'd be here forever. 
which is really awesome. And again, this is just our list of games. Yeah, you can uh, search on BGG's forums and you can find a good... There's a lot of people that have done a lot of good list of women in the industry and stuff like that. So you can always look there yep. if you uh, want to look for specific uh, women in the industry. But we have we have a lot, and so we'd be here talking to you for a long time. But um, another one I grabbed was an artist from Monstrosity, and her name is Martha Webby. And for those of you who have played this game or are familiar with this game the art in this game is awesome it sure is and i think this game encompasses a lot of different artists but obviously martha contributed to this game with her fun quirky cute maybe not so cute (laughs) art um for this game and kudos to her yeah yeah it's just it's hard to explain the art you'd have to see it because yeah, well, because the mon- some of the monsters have, like, five eyes and a fin and, like, a tail and three legs and yeah. and it, scales. And, and it's stuff that even it, even with your best imagination, some of these you're like, wow, I would have never even thought of that. Yep. It's just, you. Ha- they're very creative. And, like I said, props out to all the artists, but... Pulling Martha out of the bag of tricks and recognizing her for her awesome work. Yeah, for sure. On the game. Definitely. And then, again, just because we, if we were to be on this list, we'd be on here for a while. This So I'll last just, but not least. Definitely not least. Last but not least is MJ Nguyen. You might know her from designing Arkham the Arkham Horror LCG. That living card game has had so many expansions, and it's just... It's one of those games that, when it comes to Arkham stuff, like I am not that much into it, and I don't, I actually don't know the, I don't know what you would say, like the past of it as much. Like I didn't do as much reading on it or anything like that, but I know some friends of mine that are really into the whole Lovecraft kind of mythos and stuff like that. But this game just is just so awesome. It lives up to the hype. It's one of those where. You're using your characters and their powers, and you're rolling dice to fight, and just everything about this game screams like great function, great functionality, great fun, great strategy, and it's just limitless because there's so many there's so many packs of the games that are out now, and so many ways to play, and it's one of those that even you can even play the base game over and over again, and you don't really get the same result. I feel like when it comes to how you play it. And I don't know. It's just one of those games that I've just really dug over the years. I need to play it more, to tell you the truth. We don't have as much of the LCG as I would like, so it would be cool to get some of those eventually here in the future and be able to play those. Um, But, yeah, it's just um, thanks to MJ, uh, this game has stayed in the top 100 for a super long time, and I don't ever foresee it really leaving because it's just made so well. Yeah. So yeah, like we said, there's you know we could be here four days literally talking about some of the people that have some of the women that have worked in the board game industry, which is great. But I still feel like we still need more designers out there. We still need more artists. We still need more voices to be able to you know of a female nature to be able to represent. You know, if there's anybody that you are passionate about. 
Follow us on uh, Twitter at, at MFGCast, Mrs. Og on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram, uh, in, uh, MFGCast family on Instagram, or Tracy Amuler on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's just so much out there. We appreciate all that. There's also some people that are in the media, like Suzanne Sheldon and Mandy Hutchinson and um, Starla from uh, Our Family Plays Games and... Like I said, Erica Buyeris and uh, Carla Cop. I mean, there's just Amanda Panda. There's just so many good female people in this industry. So, you know, if you're looking for that, you know, make sure you go out, you find it, you research it. Uh, also, you know, let them know that you appreciate what they're doing, too, because, you know, when we do all these things for the industry, you know, we it's it's nice when you're able to be appreciative of what they do. You know, and I appreciate you for being on this podcast with me. Because I think you do a way better job than I do. <laughs> so I'm glad you're uh, on here with no. me. Yeah. No. Love. Anyway. No. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we'll be doing some more regular board game episodes here in the future. We actually have uh, some reviews coming up, which will be awesome. Ooh, yes, we We've do. got founders of Teotihuacan. If... That's how you say it. I can never say that right. I'm I terrible don't know. with it, names. It flowed right off your tongue. So it <laughs> so sounded good if he's just making it up. Hopefully that's it? right. Uh, we'll <laughs> have some other stuff coming out in the future. But until next time, I'm Kurt. And I'm Tracy. This was the MFG Cast. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.